Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? We're ending on a high note, Shay. I'm excited. Sad, but excited. I think that is very well said. Uh, but yeah, today is the official final episode of the third party podcast. And like you said, ending on a high note, breaking down season 17 of Apex Legends Arsenal. And stick along for the ride because this is going to be a long one. Uh, we said we were going to answer all your questions. You guys showed out and asked a lot of questions. So this could be a, this could be a record breaker to say the least. And you know, we hope you enjoy it, whether you listen to it you know, tomorrow, today, I'm, I don't know, I'm thinking like we're doing it live now, or it takes you four days to get through this mammoth of an episode. Uh, we say that for some reason, it's just going to end up being like really short or something like that. We'll see. We? We'll <laughs> do our best to keep it concise, but yeah, no duplicate questions. No, so. that's what's impressive. Going and I, I will also, I just want to throw in, uh, before we dive into things, um, you know, we saw so much love on Discord on Twitter, on Spotify. We wanted to kind of read off some of them. That would have taken us a bit too long, but I saw some people say they don't think we read it. We read everything, and we truly do appreciate all the kind words that were said. But with that, you're here to listen to us talk about Apex and the pod. So before we get into the main episode, main topic of the day, follow along with us on Twitter at Kirkrudoche at HP Burson. Links are in the description uh, to see about what we kind of are up to next in life. And I can stressfully tweet my way through every single Lakers game if that's your jam. <laughs> that's right. And my primary social media, as hilarious as it is, is now LinkedIn. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, catch me on LinkedIn if you're a nerd. Um, but we're really excited to dive in to the latest season of Apex. But before we get into it, there is an exciting announcement. Mm-hmm. We are doing a giveaway. We are giving away three different Arsenal launch bundles. One for Ballistic, Caustic, and Octane. It's going to be on Discord, free to enter. There's a Discord channel. All you got to do is go in there, react, put your name in the hat, and we will announce three winners on Friday, May 14th. So that's yeah. just kind of one last hurrah. And I hope you guys win. I do too. Thank you so much to the EA Creator Network for uh, giving us those codes. We can run this giveaway. Appreciate it a ton. It's been a true pleasure. But last little bit of housekeeping before we go into the patch notes and the good old third party that you guys love. Uh, a lot of comments and questions, and we'll answer some of them later as well, asking about you know specifically why we ended the podcast. And we kind of dove into it on the last episode if you wanted the full details of everything, but a lot of people said they didn't really see a clear-cut answer. Uh, and so we wanted to give a little bit more of an explanation for people that you know are, are wanted to hear it a little bit more direct. Uh, but to be direct with you, there was no cut-and-dry answer for why the podcast ended. It's been an incredible journey over these years. Honestly, one of the biggest reasonings, though, is you know we've been growing up. Uh, and with that comes new jobs, new priorities, lots of things to focus on. And the sh- our outlook on what the Apex show could be has changed over the three years that we've been doing it. We 
didn't start the show with the intentions of it being a career, being our full-time jobs. But honestly, with the early support that you guys all gave us, there was a time in which we thought that there was a chance that it could turn into something that would, you know, financially carry Henry and I through a big chunk of our lives. But after the last kind of year and a half of Apex's continued growth, the podcast has not grown a ton, which is no fault of anyone listening to this show. I think there's a very small niche community of people when you compare it to the size of, you know, YouTube video views and stuff of how many people are interested in an Apex Legends podcast. And so, you know, despite how much we've loved doing the show, it definitely has hit us more than ever of that this isn't going to ever turn into something where you know, we're quitting our jobs going full time. And for the amount of time we spend putting into the show to put the content out that we're proud of, uh, we just really decided it was time to pursue other things. And that's really the, the honest answer I can give at the end of the day. It's just a lot of things kind of coming to a head all at once. And we are sad to make this decision. This is not a, oh, thank goodness we are now done recording every Tuesday. We are definitely, you know, not an easy decision. I was, you know, hearing all the welcome and beautiful messages that were sent to us and I was tearing up. Like it, this was not easy at all. Yeah. Well said, Jay. You know, all good things have to come to an end and uh, definitely sad that this is the end of the third party chapter, but it's really been a pleasure. It's changed both of our lives for the better without a doubt. And yeah, we've set out everything that we tried to achieve and we've achieved it. You know, we're the number one show on Spotify and Apple podcast. If you search up Apex Legends and that's because of the listeners, you know, and the support and the consistency and our passion. And I'm really glad that we were able to do that. So I guess one more thank you to everybody and let's end on a high. Yep. Let's dive into the patch notes in depth for one last time. And we're going to start by talking about the World's Edge map update, which interestingly, this is the first time ever since season four that the map that was updated doesn't have a rotation of permanence at the beginning of the season. What do you think about that, Henry? Because I I know it's impacted your and I's ability to play World's Edge leading up to this pod today. It's very, very odd. Um, I'm shocked. I'm not sure if it was intentional. I'm not sure if it was some sort of glitch. Um, because the last time World's Edge got an update was season 10. So a year and a half ago, I think this is the most beloved map. And the fact that we don't get one week or even one day of mm-hmm. just pubs rotation uh, for people to explore it is saddening especially since the museum is such a fun poi totally uh, and we'll get into that but yeah it is a historical fact about the rotation which surprised both of us yeah well you you hinted at it let's talk about it fragment is transitioning to monument streamer building construction building that everyone has known and love are gone replaced by the beautiful museum showcasing Apex's history, lore, the legends, so many great Easter eggs in there. And additionally, they've removed Lava Updrafts, which is a really interesting gameplay feature that's been around for a very long time. What have been your first impressions of Aesthetically Monument and Monument from a gameplay perspective as well? It looks great. My impression is that it looks fresh and new, but it also just reminds me of classic 
Apex and Classic World's Edge. Mm -hmm. Like, I, there wasn't a level of innovation where, you know, Fragment is now unrecognizable. It just looks very polished and fresh, if that makes sense. You know, so I'm enjoying the, the new Fragment. What it looks like is the map was destroyed for reasons related to lore a long time ago, and they fixed it. And they've fixed exactly. it up, and now we are, we kind of have this area because of that. And I think you you hit it perfectly. It looks clean. I am so excited to continue to see the Easter eggs that are kind of coming out of uh, Monument itself. Really cool to see, you know, writers from the old team getting credit and all this kind of fun stuff. So it's a total blast. It plays fantastically, I think, and we'll see. You know, the age old of. Can you remove a Skull Town style area and still it will continue to be a hot drop? It's early, so we can't really make any conclusions. I would probably guess it'll still be a pretty popular area, just being center of the map. But who knows? Maybe this uh, next POI will step up to the plate. Lava City has been transitioned to stacks. And Henry, this area of the map is stacked. You have now. Yeah. Stacks, the POI itself. You got high tier. High tier. High tier. Mm -hmm. You got Big Bertha, Ramparts Town Takeover, which is just, I mean, you've been preaching that POI for as long as I can remember. And then we got Lava Dome as well, which is another very strong POI. So you have this edge of map stretch that is just very ridiculous, honestly, at this point in terms of loot strength. And I hope it attracts people. But we've seen on maps like Kings Canyon where really great POIs being at the edge of the map will be conductive to them still not being attractive POIs to drop at. Yeah. I think we'll probably see that pattern play out. Um, that this will be a really good drop to probably contest with one team. But because mm -hmm. there's so much loot in that corner of the map, oh my gosh, there's so, so much opportunity to have spill off and not have to contest a single building. So yeah, with Stacks and Big Mod and the Loot Vault as well, this is a nice corner of the map now. And I still miss Lava City, but it's going to be cool. I just realized I said Big Bertha for Ramparts Town Takeover, and it's because I just bought a new golf club called the Big Bertha. Uh, and I had it stuck in my head. But Big Mod is correct. I think the interesting balance will be that, unlike some of the other popular redesigned edge POIs of past big mod being so consistent and popular already I think will lead to a like to your point maybe stacks is going to consistently be a two team drop that'll be contested but there's also going to be a quick third party opportunity probably from big mod coming to you or vice versa depending on where the teams drop in that area I think it'll be a yeah. you'll get at least one or two fights very early which is what a lot of people like to do in ranked play specifically. And so it could be attractive from that perspective. So it'll, it'll be interesting. What do you think of just the design overall? We've kept some of the connected building of Lava City, but we've also brought in a lot of you know the construction site POI essentially and some of the more two-floor, three-floor buildings around the area as well. Yeah. A lot of fragment vibes coming to Stacks. Mm -hmm. Very recognizable, but like I said about you know Monument, it's recognizable. Mm -hmm. You know that it's fresh, but still World's Edge, which is great. Um, 
other map changes here. We have a harvester update, which is kind of fun. Now there's a honey pot of loot in the middle. You can thread the needle going straight down the middle, which is fun. Skyhook vault. So a loot vault has been added. We requested this. I feel like many times, but fairly recently we talked about just what is the value of a vault key. Mm-hmm. This would drastically increase that. Specifically in that area where it was like, yeah, you get one and then there's nowhere to go. You weren't picking them up, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of based off of a lot of where we like to drop as well, a survey camp yeah. sort of area. Um, and then thankfully, Mirage Atois is going to make a home on World's Edge. So even though we don't have Storm Point or Broken Moon in rotation, it's not there anymore. So when we go back there, uh, it will be permanent now, at least for the expected future on World's Edge. Can you recommend um, the honeypot drop uh, of Harvester? Uh, it's always, I think, a very interesting conversation of do you go for that high-tier loot off the beginning of the game? <laughs> Assuming contestion. Yeah. I, the risk. Big yeah. risk. I really like Countdown and how they have you know, the access panels for the honeypot. This one is a little bit more accessible, which is cool. I'm a fan of it everywhere. That doesn't mean I always go for it. Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, Downed Beast is a really good example of one that is not super risky because you can't drop directly on top of it. Um, so I don't know. I can't recommend it, but Harvester <laughs> is centrally located. So yeah. I think this is a, a much needed upgrade to a POI that has been overlooked. Yeah. Um, so we welcome it. It's been a drop people have liked in the past as well. So definitely a bonus for them. What do you think about our map rotation this season? The entire way through at this point. Olympus, World's Edge, Kings Canyon. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's really good. Um, we were fans of Broken Moon, mm-hmm. but it was clearly not as big of a hit as we maybe wanted or the developers mm-hmm. wanted. Um, Olympus is absolutely beloved world's edge is absolutely beloved and king's canyon is just classic apex we're huge fans of it so i can't complain at all i like it king's is going to be an interesting one to monitor always a topic of discussion uh, amongst the pros and the high level ranked players so i'm interested to see how that kind of goes with the community because king's normally gets a pretty negative rap and i feel like we always have to back it up with how great it is so uh, i'm looking forward to having it back I'm very interested to see how the community reacts. But that's World's Edge. That's World's Edge map updates. That's what we got going this rotation. Let's talk about maybe the most exciting feature one we've been looking forward to for a while, Weapon Mastery. Um, weapon Mastery is a new system that allows you to, as said, master your weapons, level them up, and having weapon in hand, dealing damage, securing kills, and fighting with style will all generate weapon XP for your weapon. Uh, how it works is every 20 levels, a weapon-specific trial will unlock for you to test your skills with that weapon and reward you for completion. Once you get your weapon to level 100 and finish all five trials, you will fully, quote, master that weapon and earn the final rewards. Rewards can be weapon-specific badge, lifetime performance tracker, legendary weapon mastery banner frame, and a guaranteed legendary weapon skin. Henry, the feature we've been calling for for ages you are now seeing it in practice in your game how do you feel what's your reaction this is the most impactful change for the game since ranked 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. For me, I am really excited about this. Um, I just think having the ability to grind something other than ranked in pubs and different game modes, progression has been something that has been a real missed opportunity in the game. And this is fantastic. I'm really excited. I think that it works very well. I think what I and a lot of people would have expected is an actual weapon mastery skin. Yeah. Um, And that isn't really the case. So it's a little bit awkward that, you know, one of the rewards is a guaranteed legendary weapon skin that doesn't show to you or anybody else what you've achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of other good stuff. And honestly, the rewards aren't everything to me. I just want to focus on something. So I- I'm a fan. I'm really excited about yeah. it. And I think it's a big deal. And, and you'll still have your badge in the trackers yeah. to be able to show like, hey, you know, I, I mastered this weapon. And I think that that's going to be cool. The thing that we haven't really seen yet is what exactly these challenges look like. These five challenges for each gun. We got kind of like the the sneak peek of the Kraber, the you know, 360 no scope being the final challenge for that one. But having yet gotten a weapon to level 20 since we started, you know, we're recording the same day this update came out. So I'm excited to see what that looks like and you know, how difficult uh, these challenges are because I think that'll, you know, add a lot of the potential fun into uh, this mastery system. Yeah, agreed. Firing range, brand new range an epic update for practicing movement buildings and live dummy situations for realistic gunplay henry this is maybe one of the biggest sweeping changes we've seen to apex in in a while and something that has been requested for i don't know we're on season 17 17 seasons like (laughs) truly close Um, to it yeah what do you think i know you're not the biggest firing range person so you don't have to pretend if if it's not really a big deal for you but i'd still love to hear your thoughts it's incredibly impressive like this is beyond anything that i think anyone was asking for in terms of an overhaul to the firing range and i think you gotta love it um and from somebody who doesn't use the firing range i think i probably will more now Mm -hmm. because you can make the dummies really hard practice your movement it's a decent solo warm-up if you only have a few minutes and don't want to do a mixtape yeah i think it's it's really nice how it seems very thought out that they were Mm -hmm. you know what are the things that could need to be practiced in the game and that's what we'll bring into the range specifically and i think that's something that's a Pretty impactful, uh, at least. Another fun update. New survival item, the evac tower. I mean, let's keep it very simple. You throw your evac tower, you're getting a portable jump tower of sm- shorter height than a full jump tower and a Valkyrie ultimate. But what are your what are your thoughts on this item? Because this is one that is uh, you know, interesting. We haven't gotten a new survival item in a long time. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's a bit controversial. I think, of mm-hmm. an ability just because it is directly nerfing a Legends Ultimate, which is the first time we've really had that in a lootable item. But the one tip that I have is that you have to use this with the team. They quickly self-destruct once you start going up. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't using as a team, it's actually quite easy to ditch your team. Like If I throw <laughs> this down and my teammate is looting and I go up, it will yeah. self-destruct mm-hmm. before they can actually get on it. So you definitely have to use it with a team. 
it's easy to ditch your team and then this is very counterproductive so that's my tip yeah it's a cool item it's going to be really interesting to see if it finds a role of impact i think just the wildest thing is you know we are getting an item that gives you some sort of ability similar to Valkyrie, which is a legend in our game. And so does this impact Valkyrie is a question I think a lot of people are thinking. Do you have any, you know, first instincts? I know we haven't seen it unfold. So everything right now is a prediction, but what are you thinking? I think it's a huge impact against Valk. I think that so many players played her for the ultimate and the flexibility that it offered. and. If this is a very common survival item, it's a direct nerf to her ultimate. Um, I think my perspective, I'm not a Valkyrie main anymore, even though huge <laughs> fan of her and her kit, um, is this isn't a high-priority survival item for me. There's so many ways to move around the map, but having a mobile respawn or heat shields if you're outside of ring are probably going to be a higher priority for me than the evac tower but we'll see there's a lot of time for this to play out Mm -hmm. um and always welcome you know new items in the game hoping for a new grenade one day that's that's the long time dream since the beginning of the pod we were started talking about that in the first like two weeks we were on the podcast and uh still haven't seen anything yeah this will be interesting one i'm curious if we're going to see i don't think we'll see any team comps change i don't think people are gonna say i'm not gonna play valk because of the evac tower and it's just not something you can guarantee you're going to find every game and there's enough of a improvement with valksoul over the evac tower to still justify her use i do think it'll be interesting if we'll see like is a newcastle gibraltar watson team gonna be more viable because you could run three evac towers and you'll have a little bit more flexibility with movement versus being limited to you know what's at the map tridents all that kind of stuff it'll be interesting to kind of see how it unfolds and i haven't seen a lot of people's reactions to it yet uh, but kind of staying tuned to see how the pros and high level play adjust to this item um henry ranked updates walk us through what we're we're looking at because it seems like we're just going one overhaul after another at this point. This season brought us a lot of changes. Yeah, there are some major rank changes as well. Um, RP is now renamed to ladder points. Mm-hmm. So rank points to ladder points. Um, no more splits. So instead of having a reset at the halfway point, there is now 10 provisional matches at the start of the season. So placement matches. There's also a new hidden MMR skill rating used for matchmaking that why that is important and really what the intention is, is there's skill adjustments made for pre-made teams to account for competitive advantages gained. Mm -hmm. Translation, if you're solo queuing, you will have preferential treatment in your matchmaking. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and make you play with solos. They're not going to guarantee that you're going to play with solos, but the the thoughts there at least, which hopefully makes some people feel better. (laughs) Then just a big focus on improved matchmaking overall. And entry cost is now flat at all levels. So 35 ladder points every single match. Um, You know, a lot of those changes we can talk a little bit about, but in a quick word, 
kind of just a, a rebrand of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe a simplification, good stuff for matchmaking. Um, I think provisional uh, games is a great idea yep. for just fairness, but I think maybe even more in demand is what they're doing to tackle cheaters and smurfs yeah. in ranked. Um, there's now a minimum account level of level 50 to play ranked, which definitely increases the barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. Um, new detection methods as well for cheaters. So there's the report, there's uh, you know the internal systems that have been upgraded now. And one that I'm a little bit confused about is kills are rewarded for unique kills only. And mm-hmm. this is intended to stop collusion of using mobile respawn beacons yeah. to just get far from the same teams. Mm-hmm. Um, only reason I'm a little weirded out by it is, you know, if you finish two and one gets away and respawns their team and then you find them later in the game, I feel like it'll be a little bit odd when you wipe them and you don't get yeah. the points for it. But uh, it, it, they've pretty much said well we're willing to sacrifice that yeah. just to kind of you know get that get that respawn you know farming thing out of the way. And, and I think honorable mention as well. Provisional matches are you know against smurfing as well. You're not going to be able to just stay in bronze with your friends and make new accounts. You're going to be adjusted based off how well you're playing and tested early on. And so I think. It's really healthy for newer players to Apex. I think it's a lot of interesting changes to just the long-term rank structure. I personally think the biggest thing is doubling down on what was kind of an older way of thinking for Apex, which is 10th place through 20th place, that's a loss. 10th and up, that's a win to an extent that is then changed based off how high you place. I know that was said a long time ago by a developer, I believe, and we were fans of that line of thinking. Makes sense. It's about RIL. You should be rewarded for your placement and them doubling down on that essentially right now and making it so you're negative all the way up until your 10th place is pretty cool because that jump essentially from 11th to 10th in terms of how much LP you get is pretty wild like if you see 12 squads left you are probably going to be trying to do everything you can to not take a fight <laughs> at that point yeah very true have you had any instances early on or any thoughts on ranked i don't know if you've played provisional it's matches too yet. early to tell yeah. it's just too early to tell and that's kind of why i just said it's a little bit of a rebrand because a lot of the a lot of these changes are under the hood so it's like will the outcomes change where my skill is at if i was gold last season will Mm -hmm. i be gold this season or not it's just too too early to tell so we'll have to give it a season i think to let things settle down the one thing i think to maybe be fearful of is no split you know not keep players engaged for the long haul um don't know we'll see it'll be an interesting one to monitor i'm fascinated I, i think my assumption my like bold take is that i think you're going to see a lot more of 15 squads left after ring one i think you're going to see more survival emphasized especially in provisional matches are intimidating nobody wants to lose provisional matches um and and i think that's gonna high stakes yeah potentially play a role let's talk about the new legend ballistic coming to the game i know we've talked about his lore uh you know recently before we dive into the abilities any thoughts you want to share just on his lore, character design, 
anything else along those lines because I think we got a we got a cool one here. Huge fan. We talked a lot about it last week, I felt, but probably one of the most exciting characters we've ever had. Yeah. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but just in terms of a clear story, great actor, mm-hmm. great appearance. I mean, it's right up our alley. Um I'm a fan. Yeah, I'll double down. I agree with you. The inspirations for the character are great. Voice actors killing it. Um, I'm excited to kind of keep playing Ballistic. But let's talk about his abilities specifically. Ballistic is an assault legend, so he gets the best perk in the entire set of Apex Legends, the assault perk. Passive is weapon sling. Ballistic can carry a third weapon in his inventory with no attachments. I'm going to go through all these, and then we'll talk. Mm Tactical, we have the Whistler, which is on 25-second cooldown. Ballistic shoots a smart ammo projectile at an enemy that will apply a weapon overheat debuff. An indicator on the affected enemy's HUD will show how many shots they can shoot before the gun will overheat, causing them to pause firing for a short cooldown animation. Whistler can be held to lock on to an enemy, but can be dodged if you break line of sight with the Tactical. If Whistler misses, it will remain on the floor or surface of the area, like Ash's Tactical, and if an enemy runs into it, it will deal 5 damage. Damage. Whistler deals 20 damage on hit and will do an additional 30 damage if the enemy overheats their weapon in a 12 second duration. Ultimate is called Tempest. It's on 120 second cooldown, it has a 3 second activation time. Ballistic deploys an area of effect buff to him and his nearby teammates that grant them unlimited ammo, faster movement speed, and faster reloads. Tempest also temporarily sets his third gun, the one with no attachments, to become a gold fully kitted weapon for the duration of the ultimate. Duration of the Tempest is 30 seconds. Tempest ult time can be extended if you secure, secure a kill while buffed, kind of like the Bloodhound's ultimate. This will extend the buff time for all teammates. Okay. Where do you want to start? What ability stands out to you in terms of uh, talking about this first? I guess overall, Mm -hmm. I'll just kind of start things off by saying, I think a really good point that you made as a first impression here is that ballistic is assault and assault legends are fun. This isn't a legend that's going to hit into the meta. You know, it's not one that you're going to say, wow, their abilities are so overpowered. Mm -hmm. You have to use them. But Ballistic is fun, and my first take is that I enjoy the kit. It all makes sense to me. The ultimate is rewarding. The tactical is a little bit harder to maximize, but still you do feel an effect Mm -hmm. from it. Um, So I'm a fan, but I just want to kind of set the standard. Totally fair. Totally fair. I I think that's a fair like assumption that this is an assault legend. You know what an assault legend is. Mm-hmm. It's Ash, it's Maggie, it's Fuse. He fits right in, yeah. you know, with those. And so that's what you should be game, expecting. He can be great. Like Very. that is that is the truth. Is it, you know, and, and if you are better with your weapons than the enemies, most of the time your legend choice won't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And so you can play this guy if you're very good at the game to whatever level you want. But he's also, like you said, probably not gonna crack into the ALGS meta in the near future. I want to talk yeah. about the Whistler first because the passive and ult kind of Let's go together. Um, you mentioned it a little bit. UI is it, it's pretty good. It's like you know, it's not like a smart pistol, which is what you know we're kind of looking at for the inspiration in terms of how satisfying the UI feels to hit. But talk to me a bit if, if you have yet. How do you feel when you are playing 
against a ballistic and get hit by the whistler right now? What's kind of your impact? Right now it feels meaningful. Mm-hmm. There's not like the damage is pretty hefty. Yeah, you 20, know, 20 damage is, is good, especially when it is easier to hit than ash. Yeah. And ash is now is 20 when you hit. So it's like in that sense, it's very good. There isn't a very large indicator about the overheat yeah. component. Very so small bar. I'm not saying that you should stop shooting. Like you probably should, you know, continue to pursue that kill if you need it. But 50 damage is a lot. So I have killed enemies who have gone through the overheat. So I think it's pretty strong. Um, My thought with the tactical overall is that Ash, Fuse, Maggie, sometimes Revenant, these tacticals that do damage and affect gameplay, they can be a distraction. You know, they have a high skill ceiling of actually getting value out of them. But I feel like even with somebody like Fuse, if you try to use these tacticals in a close range engagement, you're probably going to die. And so <laughs> I, I think focusing on gunplay as the priority, obviously, yeah. is the good tip. But the tactical does have value. I think there's a lot more strategy uh, and fun things to talk about with the passive and ultimate together. Yeah. Um, which I've been enjoying. I'll throw my my quick thoughts on the tactical. I, I echo pretty much everything you say. I've been one of the most annoying things, honestly, getting hit by it is the static sound in the in your earbuds sure. while you're yeah. going. Like it's louder than I was expecting. So it's kind of you know while you are hit by a whistler. Um, and what I will say is on the bright side of this versus some of those other abilities, you can use a whistler you know, while your gun's up and while you're shooting, which is definitely a nice kind of like a rev silence where you can do multiple things at the same time. So that allows you to have a little bit more flexibility with it. But I do still echo what you're saying of it's more important for you to deal 40 damage and finish downing the person than mess up their weapon and you know maybe potentially lose your life because of it. Um, but yeah, ultimate and passive, let's talk about it. The biggest question I think people are going to ask is, is this broken, Henry, the ultimate? It auto-reloader, faster movement speed, unlimited ammo, and now you're getting a gold weapon in your sling. What gun do I put in my sling? That's also the big question. Yeah. What are your thoughts outside of, I know you mentioned it, it's great how they play together. It's always really mm-hmm. fun to see the synergy between two abilities in a Legends kit. Yeah, I would say that ultimate a little bit better than we expected. Yeah. Um, just from what our assumptions were, um, I don't think it's overpowered again. Um, but I think the strategy here early on is the sling is not for a marksman or a sniper mm-hmm. or even really a shotgun. This is for those high attachment, hungry weapons mm-hmm. that are more close quarters medium Medium, range so r9 great candidate for a sling r301 possibly uh a havoc or devotion devotion Mm -hmm. very good i would say that's kind of the top rung of sling weapons because what's interesting is you activate this ultimate when you're in a fight Mm -hmm. you're with your team you want to deal quick damage so that means a you're in a close range you also pull up this weapon first. Mm-hmm. So you want something that can deal damage kind of quickly. So rampage, slower gun, yeah. 
you know, you'll have to then charge it up. Maybe you don't want to take the time to do that. Similarly with the Nemesis, even though I love the Nemesis, you still have two weapons to loot up. And I think that the best advice for Ballistic early on is don't get distracted by the sling. Mm-hmm. You know, play the game normally and throw in the weapon that you want to use in a fight that needs attachments. Yeah. Um, and the weapon you might want to use in a fight could be the Peacekeeper. But remembering that, oh, I love the Peacekeeper. I always use the Peacekeeper and I normally loot a blue or a purple bolt yeah. by myself. And that's all I need. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great candidate for the sling gun. So those are early thoughts. And I really like it. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of value here and the ultimate can definitely turn the tides of a fight. And it's fun to use. That ammo, movement speed, and fast reloads, you feel it. And when you start chaining kills, you feel very strong, similar to a Bloodhound ult. It feels very, very good as a user. And that's, I think, the most exciting thing. And as a teammate as well, it's really cool that you stick with your teammate, stay by each other, and you're going to all reap the rewards together. I think you hit the weapon description perfectly. I've been rocking Havoc or Devo in that sling spot predominantly right now. It adds so much convolution if you try and put a shotgun or a sniper in there and and you have to carry ammo for that as well. But you can't put a scope on your sniper because it's in your sling and then you're not going to be able to use it as efficiently. I think using the putting in there the gun that you are going to fry with up close first is going to be your best bet to success. And I think what we talked about on behind the scenes is there's going to be seasons where this is stronger than it is right now. Right now, there isn't a disruptor rounds. There isn't a overpowered hammer point weapon. There isn't this hop-up that shifts the tide of a gun so much to bring it up to a care package level. But if you think about you know, Ballistic, if he was in play while you know, the alternator with disruptor rounds was on the ground, oh my goodness, you would be whipping out a care package weapon very often, 120 seconds, I feel like I'm taking this ult into every fight. And that's something to yeah. think about moving forward, depending on how weapon meta shifts in the next coming seasons. Yeah, the cooldown on this ultimate is definitely overcranked. Yes. Um, I think when we, I think in an early blog post or possible, you know, early iteration, it was on a three minute cooldown, which is still very fast. Um, but I've had instances already on day one of popping the ultimate, going into a fight, getting third-partied, backing up, healing, and then using it again yeah. to go back into the exact same fight. So definitely is a, a great addition to the team. <laughs> Nobody's going to complain about having a ballistic on their team. Well said. Henry, walk us through the uh, weapon balancing changes this season. We'll, get, we'll dive into weapons, legends here, some of the more granular things in the patch notes that you all know and yeah. love from the third party. We got some weird stuff. We got some good stuff and we got some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So, care package. L-Star is going into the care pack. RE45 coming back to the ground. The L-Star is getting packed with a punch. A, a big <laughs> punch. So it's getting disruptor rounds. Yes. So doing more damage to shields. Now has damage pass-through. So if you hit an enemy and there's an enemy behind them, it's going to do 60% of the damage to the enemy behind them. Projectile size increase, Roy recoil buff, and then 
I would say for the first time ever, the L-Star in the care package has more than enough ammo. So you have 324 rounds with the L-Star. Um, impressive. I think this is a great pickup. It's a like a great case of you will use this gun as a close-range dominant force. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the L-Star has always fallen in but hasn't fully dominated you yeah. know up close where it's an lmg but it doesn't act like an lmg okay what is it well it kind of counters against smgs but it doesn't do a very good job i think now it's going to do a pretty good job it is incredibly strong i think the damage pass through might be one of the strongest gun features we've ever seen in apex legends in a game full of team fights and you know pushing into buildings to take out teams. Uh, This is on the must pickup list in the care package. If you see it, there is probably not a loadout I can think of that you should not drop one of your weapons to get the L-Star because this thing is just dominant. I've gotten the chance to use it twice today out of care packages, and I have had incredible success both times with that. Um, It's crazy. Just if you are doubting how strong this weapon is, go into the firing range, find two dummies, realize how much health the yeah. dummy behind the first one has after you kill it because you're almost taking out two people at once in those situations. That damage pass through is huge. I just think about close quarter hip firing this gun. Yeah. It feels good. So happy about that. Next, we have the 3030 projectile size increased when fully charged. Welcome change. I think the thing about the 3030 is that the fully charged headshot is so good. And now it's easier to hit those. So this is welcomed. Um, R99 got a decrease mag size by one from base all the way to a purple mag um, two seasons ago. Mm -hmm. Random, random buff. So kind of just resetting, pulling back on the R9, which makes sense. Charge rifle got a nerf, reduced shots per mag to three from four. Um, also a reduced spawn rate. We don't know how much, yeah. uh, hard to tell on day one. I still got killed by it today. So I saw, <laughs> watch out. yeah, charge rifle. I don't think this is a, a meaningful nerf that, you know, will solve the, the charge rifle problem that we've been facing for, I don't even want to say how long, long, but too long. it's something, it's something. I don't think it's going to be as effective as maybe it was intended, but. The next thing is the weird one. Triple take receives a massive buff in season 17. Projectile size increased, improved hip fire spread, tightened bullet pattern when fully choked, ammo per shot reduced to one was three. Triple take used to absolutely ravage ammo. Mag size have been adjusted to match the new ammo cost, and then purple mag increased to 10 shots was nine. Um, we have had dominant triple take in the past. Um, the question is, will the triple take dominate the marksman's um this season? I think the early prediction is yes. Anytime the triple take has gotten attention and gotten love, it has quickly resurfaced as the top dog in this area. I've been using it a ton today, just kind of get a feel for it. It's really strong. The yeah. that gun does a lot of damage it was already very good it was already one of you know our slept on weapons that we talked about and to put more attention onto it is uh you know definitely willing to take some time to shine i mean 
I'll be running the triple take over pretty much any marksman outside of the maybe G7, like just because the G7 is is so solid and it has a strong argument over a lot of snipers. Not only is it just it's strong on paper, it's a gun that they've made very easy to use and hit shots with, and it's forgiving and it packs a punch. So it's good all in all. What do you think, though? Um, it's out of left field. Well, it is a random coming. change, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think the triple take will be incredibly strong. The fact of the matter is, it was strong. Just the ammo yeah. nerf that it received way back when just made it not really a viable option unless you were running a Loba. You know, it just wasn't possible to use this for a sustained amount of time. And now it easily will be, and it's better in almost every way. Um, finally have an update to the replicator. Mm-hmm. So alternator and sentinel are in Eva A and 3030 are out. Um, nothing much else to report here. The sentinel, you know, top dog and the sniper. It's now just going to be more charged rifle. So are you going to craft it? Report that. Are you going to craft it? Will you go? Not going to craft it. No, sorry. Bang, not going to craft it. Replicator. It just, I don't know. I tried to call this early. Uh, when the replicator kind of started doing this and I think people are starting to accept that if something's in the replicator, it's out of rotation. Even if it's your favorite gun of all time, it's just too, it doesn't make sense. The loop process, it just, you're better off fully kitting out a longbow Mm -hmm. and then going and getting kills with it and then continuing, you know, the, so much of a hassle to go out of your way to replicate and the weapons are so expensive and they probably should be mm-hmm. that it just i don't know it keeps a loot pool fresh but sadly saying i love the alternator <laughs> isn't enough to craft it over a car volt yeah. r9 r3 it just there's so many great guns that the replicator just kind of mixes it up the only gun we saw buck that was the R301. That's the only gun I can ever think of that has been put into the replicator. And I still saw myself using, changed how I went about playing the game and saw a lot of people using as well. And that is, I think, notoriously just everybody's kind of favorite go-to gun. And if that's what it takes, it makes a ton of sense why we continue to see this. And I'm excited to use the 3030 again. It's a gun I enjoy. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, Let's talk Legends, though legends and the changes we got first quick little note there was a change in the patch notes listed for catalyst bloodhound and seer that scan highlights and diamonds are no longer visible through the dark veil that is catalyst ultimate that was removed from the patch notes today this is a very interesting topic of discussion this is how we thought the ability was supposed to work from release that's what the trailer kind of led us to believe yet that was not the case Seer Catalyst became, you know, the most recent Revtain meta in terms of toxicity and gameplay. This looked like it was going to get adjusted. Seems to not be the case. What are your thoughts? I don't know if we've caught something pulled from the patch notes like this before. Yeah, um, a little bit disappointing. You know, like you said, this is really a bug. And I wish it could be fixed in a more timely manner than over two seasons. but. It is what it is. Obviously, it's uh, more difficult than it seems. Yeah, which is too bad, but it's just kind of what it has ended up being. Uh, Mirage, 
change classes, skirmisher to support. What do you think? We've freed him. We freed him from the skirmisher yep. class, Henry. <laughs> we were calling for this big, big, big. Um, you know, obviously, would have won Mirage to go into assault. Yes, um, but we'll take it. It's mm-hmm. better than skirmisher and uh, a much deserved buff. Yeah. To our boy Mirage. Ash gets another little slight buff here as well. Slightly increased movement speed when using the targeting tactical. Um, nothing major there, but if you're an Ash main, you've been having a great last couple of months, I will say. So keep on Definitely. keeping on. There were some changes to class perks overall, though. So for the Assault Legends, smart loot gains have been adjusted to reduce skipping and upgrade tier. It will now be less likely to jump from white to purple or blue to gold. Optics are now given based on team rather than just a soul legend to open them. And they added special drop rates for gold optics. We'll go through all these and then we can talk about them. Skirmisher, the care package is now automatically pinged for the team on reveal. This includes empty care packages that have already been looted by another team. And support, uh, support bins will now guarantee at least one battery in one of the secret department compartment slots. Hallelujah. Henry, you did it. You made the change. Support bins will now award mobile respawn beacons if your ally is dead, even if you don't have their banner card. Legend banners can now be crafted by any player who has a support class legend in their squad. Um, And that's the changes we got. I'll say overall, I think support's the biggest winner of these three. I think we got three pretty good, solid upgrades to the support class. Nothing game-breaking, but all things that we've asked for and will make an impact on your gameplay if you're a support legend player. Yeah, pretty cut and dry um, in that welcome change for support. In terms of assault, honestly, the ammo is a big deal for this assault. Like the ammo capacity is pretty important uh, and very powerful. Having the weapon loot bins is very cool. I honestly would have preferred them to buff it a little bit to favor. Uh, magazines a little bit more. I feel like when I'm playing Assault, I'm still getting a lot of stocks, uh, but I know it's the most powerful, so they don't want to buff it, but you just want the mags for your team. And I feel like these bins should do that a little bit better. But yeah, nice little quality of life changes for the perks one season later totally uh we got some other mixtape quality of life changes the display message and kill feed if lever penalties are disabled for the match due to an unfair match uh gun run and tdm now have xp bonuses for match completion and match completion after a join in progress great love to see that uh control map rotation has been altered barometers out uh olympus ham labs in uh tdm Map rotation, skull towns out, phase runners in. So bringing out the bringing back the maps that are kind of out for a bit. I know you have haven't been playing a ton of mixtape. Uh, it's been a mode I play a good amount. Nothing crazy here. Like cool, great mix up. I'm excited to see how phase runner plays as a TDM. Yeah, um, it's kind of a creative map layout. So I'll be kind of excited to see that. Yeah, you definitely might have some charge rifles towards the top, huh? Uh, good. That could be a problem. Uh, some random miscellaneous quality of lives. They improved the vault loot and added light mags to the spawn pool. They improved the cargo bot loot as well. So little buffs to World's Edge there from a map perspective. And they added some new pings. Avoid area, enemy audio here, and 
regroup. So nice little stuff. I know your immediately uh, first thought was Ghost Recon Wildlands, regroup and circle the finger, yep. wave and everybody get on me kind of thing. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we got. <laughs> I, I think they did this very well. I was worried about this change, that they would change the, the wheel layout, but it's still very intuitive and you can do everything that you want to do uh, without relearning the whole system. So that's nice. Um, overall, Shay. Yeah. Final what do you think? Thoughts. I'll be honest with you. This is a big season. They did Very. a lot of things. And, you know, I think you and I can always sit here and say we wish there was more legend balancing. I think you and I just wish the game had a different perspective on how to go about the what the legend meta and balancing legends than they've proven that they do. That's okay. That's their prerogative. It's their game, not ours. But that's the only thing I feel like is really missing. I'm excited to see how ranked feels after a season. I'm excited for the firing range update. Weapon mastery is an incredible change, and I think they did a really great map update with World's Edge. So I think my biggest skepticism of anything is the no split. I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out for people. Um, that's the the one thing I, I'm very much kind of keeping my eyes on. But yeah, a fun legend too, and some cool weapon changes. I think everything, when I read through these patch notes for the first time, I was like, these are all wins. This is all fun stuff. This is going to be a good season yep. of Apex Legends. What about you, though? Agreed. I think there's definitely some skepticism about you know quality of ranked changes, um, but time will tell. Fun legend, great map update, um, a lot of good quality of life across the board. Um, I think the one shocker for me is that Nemesis didn't get any attention yep. or comment. Um, and in a similar vein, the care package is in a pretty unique spot. You know, there was a time in the podcast where we had said the ideal care package would be weird weapons that are very rewarding. Mm -hmm. And the L Star is exactly that. So now we have the bow, we have the L Star, we have the Kraber, and we have the Hemlock. Um, but like I said, the connection back to the Nemesis is Nemesis didn't get nerfed, and we don't get to see it alongside the Hemlock for yet another season. Um, so going to be interesting to see when that day comes, mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> where kind of what's the long-term identity of the nemesis? We don't know. Yeah. And the, the truth is, it's still a, a great pickup. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, you're going to have some frustrating moments with the nemesis. Um, just going to have to power through. I'm also quite surprised the charge rifle wasn't touched more aggressively, if I'm being honest. It feels like we've yeah. been kind of overdue for that at this point. But overall, a good season. Really looking forward to playing. I'm interested to see, I think more than ever, how the feedback from the community is just on a lot of these kind of big, just overall gameplay changes. So it's going to be cool. And we'll see who masters all the weapons first. I think that's going to be an interesting thing. But with that being said, that's going to wrap the patch notes portion of this episode as mentioned at the top and last week we are doing the biggest mailbag in third party history and we are answering every question that was asked from between last week and this week on the show reading through everything from spotify to five star reviews man oh man we have a lot to go through i'm excited to kind of jump into these and see what people are thinking and I know we got we got a long list, so let's just uh, kick this off and say thank you so much to everybody for listening to the podcast, and thank you so much for everyone for leaving some questions. And 
person we got is going from Super Bunny. Five star. Love the show. Have started recently listening to it and have been listening to it all the time on my free time when I'm not playing Apex, of course. Sometimes I do listen in between rounds, though. I was wondering what you guys think the best trio is to use for a more aggressive play style. Aggressive play style, Henry. What do you think? Yeah, I think that Ash is the most aggressive legend in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that she has a really great pick and building a team around her abilities would be one of my ideals. Um, but honestly, I do like a little bit of an insurance. So I'd probably go like Ash, maybe Seer, and Gibraltar, which I know is not kind of the uh, assault meta, um, but I just think you can still play very quick and exploit Seer while having that bubble as insurance, yeah. which I always love to have. So I kind of just think Ash is the go-to if I want to play aggressive. Yeah, it's still early, but I do think Ballistic might be able to find his oh, way yeah. into like that super uber-aggressive team comp. Increasing speed, primarily focused on combat. Uh, could be something that fits right in there. But yeah, Ash as a core legend is definitely a, a key piece of an aggressive team. Next five star coming from Dumb Gaming. Thanks for being such awesome people. I love listening to your pod while I'm at work. Makes time fly by. My question is, you guys never made legend concepts, at least not recently, because I haven't listened for that long. So what legend concepts would you have? Well, fun fact, we did make legend concepts on a Patreon episode. Um, Henry, do we want to make any bold proclamations about sharing legend concepts from the patreon episodes now that the show is closing or anything along those lines i i I will hint that they were very lore focused and very we had the same abilities we both wanted a dash based legend was what we kind of came up with yeah i think that's kind of all i need to know we were definitely focused on making a legend that is powerful which is always important when you think about a concept and mobility and Dash was the ability from Titanfall that we wanted to see more prominent in a legend kit. So, yeah, great question. Next five-star coming from Alec James. Hey, guys, as a listener on Apple for a while now, I've loved the podcast, and it even inspired me and my buddy to go and create our own gaming podcast. As someone who has an interest in the podcasting space, since I'm curious to know what's one thing you guys would have done differently when starting out, or where should one allocate time when they start what do you think henry so what's hard is obviously retrospect is 2020 um and the reality is podcasting has changed so much since when we started which seems so weird because we haven't been doing it yeah (laughs) like it's only been a few years it's but podcasting has become so popular um for example when we started it was all about Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. That was where the majority of the listeners were. That was your focus. Um, and now Spotify is so much larger. And for us, we've had a major shift in our demographics. Um, but simply the question of what to focus on is discoverability. The podcast alone is not enough for you to grow an audience around. Long-form audio content just isn't it. Um, and so that means doing some form of social media for discoverability is key. The meta there is short form video, Mm. but if you don't want to do that, you can do what we did. And that was, you know, Instagram gameplay content Mm -hmm. or just still photos doing written content. I know a lot of 
uh, podcasts primarily promote on LinkedIn because mm-hmm. that's where I'm on. Mm-hmm. So I think focusing on social media is something that I would recommend. And in retrospect, you should have gone harder on short form video. Totally. Um, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was a different say. time. Yeah. It was, and short form video was not at its peak popularity when we started the show. And we were so in a groove for how we were kind of pushing the show on Instagram that it was hard to, you know, adjust and say this is how we should 100% do everything around the show. But definitely hindsight, we would have done that. I think you hit it perfectly, though, in terms of what to really goes into success in the podcasting space. You got to think about your pod is not where you get new listeners. Social media or some sort of, you know, blog or anything else, that's where you find new people. And they listen to your podcast because they like your other type of content, essentially. And it's a weird thing to do unless you find a very small, popular niche. And one of the things we're thankful for is Apex Legends was a good one in terms of people searching for Apex Legends. And they're not really being a ton of Apex podcasts when we first started. So it, it gave us some natural SEO and growth opportunities in an area of podcasting where that's not really a thing at all. Yeah. Find your audience is the key. Next five star coming from IDH. Hey guys, sorry for the long one. But before my question, I just wanted to say thank you. I listened to a bit of your earlier episodes when you came out, just doing chores around the house, but I've hardly missed an episode ever since the season eight release, and I've loved every one. Tried to put this on the Spotify responses, but it has a character limit. And my thanks for having you guys be a staple in my life over the last three years cannot be expressed in any amount of words, especially not a short paragraph. I've been thinking for months about how I wanted to use my five-star question, and I finally come up with it, so here it goes. When I play ranked with my friends, despite not being the most gun-skilled, even if I can hold my own, I end up being the IGL, simply because I've clocked in probably like double the combined play time of the people I play with. I'm no sweet but I think I'm okay at it and I like doing it. Feels good to orchestrate and navigate a complicated end game leading to a dub, but I still have my blunders every once in a while that just get me and my squad killed. My question is, when you guys play ranked, who acts as your IGL if you have one? And what is your third even like anyway? He's always mentioned <laughs> in passing. And what tips do you guys have for being an IGL and whether or not you do have one? What does your squad do to navigate the tough tight end games where things aren't looking super chill in small circles? For context, I usually play Newcastle, but sometimes Horizon and my teammates use consist usually consist of Wraith or Loba and Maggie or Rampart. Also, they're both named Ben. Well, Sorry for the very confusing. long-winded, <laughs> yep, multifaceted question, but I just wanted to express my gratitude and excitement for whatever you move on to in the next chapter. And do my due diligence to keep you on the air just a little longer. Love you guys. Good luck moving forward. Appreciate the kind words uh, a ton. It's incredible reading all these questions and the kind words that have been said uh, since we you know, posted this uh, last episode announcement. But to dive into your question, there's a few things to cover. Um, and we've talked about this before. We've kind of had, we, we had a podcast, I think a while back on IGLing as a whole. Um, and that's still relevant just from a gameplay perspective. So if you want to go back and listen to it, I'm sure you'll find some, some good takeaways from it. Generally speaking, we are a weird team. When me, Henry, and our third Jordan play together, 
little about our third is he is the fragger. He is cracked with guns and we generally tell him where to go, when to do it, and he kills everybody to an extent. Um, so awesome. we, we, we have a very interesting balance where I feel like we've kind of split into like a micro and macro IGL is how we've described it before, where I'll do some of the IGLing in fights and calling out some rotations and Henry will be a lot more focused on like, Hey, here's the overall rotation strategy. Here's our end game, like win condition of where we need to hit on the map. And so it's really nice that we split that. So we each kind of get to focus on specifically different areas of the game. I don't think that's for everyone though. It's uh, you know, kind of hard to, you know, we're lucky we've been playing and, living and working together for a very long time. Our communication is pretty well and pretty strong at this point. Um, but overall, I think you can have a IGL by committee as long as there is a one person or even just two people, as long as three people aren't yelling different directions in a fight. You kind of got to have some sort of in-fight hierarchy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the IGL is maybe overused or totally. it's an oversimplification of how you play a battle royale because the truth is there's a difference between how you play as a team in a gunfight and your overall strategy to winning and like you said Jay we're very democratic mm-hmm. on what's the long term plan where are we rotating are we going to scan the beacon are we not that is really game by game overall strategy um but the simplest tip in being an IGL is that it's all about trust Mm -hmm. because the way to be successful is play together, shoot at the same people, cover each other, res together, just do everything together Mm -hmm. and you will have a massive advantage as a team. It is the, the single biggest deal. Even if your accuracy is bad, even if your legends are bad, if you're playing together, you're going to be such a, better team than the average yeah um so if you're an igl and you're saying you know you're making calls on damage on a specific legend and your teammates proactively go and focus on that call you're gonna be successful because like we say you know it's all about the first knock it's all about you know playing together so and and the last thing i'll throw in before the next question vibes are important if you are taking responsibility for IGLing and you make a really bad call, which is bound to happen, stone it. Like Nobody likes playing with the group of friends where someone doesn't take responsibility for something that went wrong when it's, you know, obviously there was something that, there was a miscue. It's like, you learn from your mistakes. So if you're playing with the same people, learn from your mistakes, move on, get the next one. That's kind of how you got to keep those vibes high. Next question, five star from Joseph. Love the pod. Here are some heirloom ideas for all the legends who don't have an heirloom. Horizon, Gravity Blade. This would look much like a lightsaber, but not quite. This blade would have a silver stem and the color of her gravity lift for the gravity blade part. This would include animations where she balances it with her tactical, and when inspected, she pulls out a picture of her son. Fuse, boomerang with blades attached to the end. He's Australian. This would include animations of him throwing it around his back and looping it around his hand. 
Mad Maggie, Iron Mace. This would include animations of her taking the head off the stem and twirling it in the air or Fuse's bloodied arm as an heirloom. <laughs> That'd be funny. Newcastle, Guardian Shield. This would include him tossing it between his hands and bouncing it on his fingers. Also a rare animation where he leans shoulder first into the shield and into someone else. I would personally like to be Captain America in the Apex Games. Vantage, black hunting knife. This would include smooth handles like Wraith and Bangs. When inspected, she brushes the butt of the blade against Echo or cuts a piece of jerky, then tosses it up for Echo. Catalyst, I have no clue what you guys would think. What do you guys think would be a good one? I wanted hers to be a moon blade, but Seer took that. Woo, these are some heat ideas, I will say. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff, man. Love, love the creativity. Um, I think Horizon is the biggest demand for any heirloom yeah. right now, and having some sort of dark saber sounds amazing. So big fan of that. Um, Vantage, I played, you know, for the end of last season solely, and she has so many great animations with Echo that uh, I can definitely see how her heirloom will eventually incorporate her companion. Um, yeah, Catalyst. Pharaoh Fluid is such a fun mechanic to play around with. I think you could incorporate that in a lot of different ways. One sort of low-hanging fruit, which would be very creative, is that she could have multiple weapons mm -hmm. made out of Pharaoh totally. Fluid, and it could transform. So you could have her have a knife or an axe or a sword or pliers. You know, I think you could do something kind of cool, uh, broadly speaking, with Pharaoh. Yeah. I think that's very well said. It'd be interesting. I'd like to see it. And I agree with you, Joseph. I would love to be Captain America in the Apex games. <laughs> Definitely. Next one coming from Winning is Fun. I play on controller and I can't find my right key binds. My current one is left bumper to crouch on hold, right bumper to jump, right stick to use my tactical, left stick stick to ping b is melee a is grenade and the rest is default if you guys have any suggestions let me know thank you so much by the way i'm a wraith main i'm just gonna be honest i have no suggestions i uh i i can't recommend i, I i've never been one to change things that drastically to put bumper as a movement ability kind of thing I've never been a bumper jumper player in like halo or anything like that and i can't give you my keybinds because not many people play with paddles on the left side no paddles on the right and play claw on the right side of their controller um it's a bit of an abomination so henry maybe you can have a little bit more of a more insight in terms of help <laughs> yeah i remember we did get creative with our bumpers at one point uh, but ended up moving away from it. This is a pretty wacky key binding situation for controller, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty vanilla. I think button puncher, being able to have your your slide on the right stick totally. instead of melee is really nice just because you can aim while sliding and moving a lot easier. So more of a convenience thing. I'm mostly comfortable with that. Um, I don't get super creative. Fair enough. I think that makes sense. Okay, we got some Spotify questions to go through now. First one coming from Camden. What is your opinion on the best legend for beginners? Yeah, so traditional advice from me is I think Bangalore is fantastic. Just a very approachable kit, very powerful passive. Um, just kind of a good entry into the game. Obviously, there's the downside of the smoke being you know, a little bit of a learning curve and can be double-sided 
But uh, yeah, I think I got to stick with that answer. Yeah, I agree. And we've talked about it endlessly on the pod. She just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Next one coming from Caden. Do you think Prowler and PK combo is a strong entry fragger loadout? Two close range weapons paired together on one specific legend in a team can make sense for an entry fragger type player. Prowler and PK is an extra risky one where your bursts and you know just chunk damage of a shotgun, you have the opportunities to whiff and not put out damage. And that's the last thing you want to do as an entry fragger is you want to guarantee you're going to put out some damage. So I would personally not pair these two, most likely. I would much prefer an R9, a car, a Volt, and a PK if I was going to do something like that. But one person on your team can do the double close range. No more. No more. <laughs> yeah, I think, like you said, entry fragger, tough role. I mean, I, I think with that prefix of the entry fragger, that means you're kind of sending it on your own. And in that mm-hmm. way, your responsibility is to get a knock. It's not just do damage. If you're the fragger, then you're kind of just responsible for good gunplay overall. But if you're entry, that means you got to get the first knock. And I think this loadout is very risky for that. That being said, the Prowler is very good, way better than we normally give it credit for. That being said, still going to opt for the R9, just like you, Shay. And for me, I'm never going to recommend the PK. It's just too much of a <laughs> You needed to get one I, more shotgun rant I just, I can't do it. I just, I can't recommend it. The lows are too low. And I would say that if you want that, you know, pump of damage, go with the wingman. The wingman headshot is so much better than, you know, the, the PK high end, in my opinion. So I'm here for you. I'd go R9 players. wingman. I'm here for you. Shotgun Sorry. players. I love you. Love you. Master's better, though. Um, Cameron, coming from Spotify, do either of you think you will ever start another podcast, like on sports, food, or just life in general? This was my favorite podcast since I started listening. Hope you do well later in life. Thank you so much, Cameron. Appreciate it. Food pod, Henry? What's your favorite, what's your favorite meal? Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely. Um, I think the podcasting, we've started multiple shows uh, mm-hmm. independently with clients, with coworkers, as jobs, uh, consulted on a lot of projects. So I think podcasting will continue to be a part of our lives in some way, shape, or form. Um, I personally don't think anything will hit just like the Apex pod, though. Probably not. Um, I just think we kind of caught lightning in the bottle. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can replicate it with anything else, um, especially together. which is sad. Yeah. So I, I think podcasting will be a part of it, but nothing will be like this. We'll, sadly, we'll see. We will see what the future holds. I think uh, if I was going to do anything, you'd probably most likely hear me talk about sports. Um, and like we've said, if we ever spend anything else up, sports, gaming, food, you know, movies, I'll let you guys know in the Discord on Twitter. Um, appreciate all the support as always. Definitely. Next one's coming from Floozy. Hey guys, I've listened to every episode but never asked a question and always wanted to, so I suppose it's my last chance. Proximity mics for pubs. I'll miss you guys. Thanks for keeping Apex fun. Man, proximity mics is a very interesting thing. I uh, I 
get the pros and the cons of it. Like, and I understand why people like it and don't. I think from a content creation standpoint, it would be awesome. Like, it would be hilarious. There'd be some really fun clips, and uh, things would would get wild at times. Is the nicest way to put it. But truth be told, when I play games that have proximity mics, I, I don't really use it. I don't. I don't like that. I focus on the gameplay and not on talking and chatting with other people. So if it's optional, sure, let's throw it in. And I'm sure it'll keep a a good portion of the fan base happy. Uh, But I don't have a a strong leaning on this one either way. What about you, though? I get verbally assaulted by my teammates enough. (laughs) I don't know if I need need to hear the enemies that kill me. Yeah, (laughs) Probably not. I mean, yeah. I would vote no if it came to a (laughs) a a Democratic Apex vote. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Next question coming from Mr. Guy on Spotify. Good luck with what you move on to. Can you guys give a tip for KD? Mine is 0.6 and I want to get better. Yeah. Um, One of the biggest impacts on KD is winning. So playing more strategic is actually uh, kind of a big bump when you think about if, you know, kill death is a ratio if you just have no deaths well that's gonna be really helpful so winning i think and playing more strategic is something that you don't really need to think about getting kills just think about winning the game and playing positioning but in that same vein my other advice would be try to increase the range of your engagements so if you have you know a 0.6 and you're using smgs or pistols or shotguns Maybe try to move into the ARs or the marksmen um, just so that you can get more damage out, get more knocks um, and at a less riskier cost yep. uh, of being close range and risking the deaths. So Be- beg your teammates to high not level respond advice. on you uh, potentially as well because oh, that'll man. just smoke your KD uh, times. <laughs> yeah, and ranked is not the move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, pack it up. Let's go home. <laughs> Yep. Next question coming in from Drew. Man, super sad to see you guys go, but super happy you're being launched into a new direction rather than falling off. With you guys gone, do you have any recommendations for other pods to go for Apex? Oh, man. What a great question. I I know you have a few you want to shout out in particular, so I'll just say my piece real quick. But I think there's tons of shows right now since we've started that have popped up that bring very different things to the table for everyone. Uh, so I won't recommend anyone in particular. I think if you are looking for another Apex pod, you should go give everybody a listen. Give them an episode or two. See if there's anyone you connect with. You know, Enoch's doing a great show on esports, the esports side of Apex, if that's your jam. I know it's not something we covered a ton and people have asked for, so maybe that fills in a gap for you. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of great, a lot of great shows out there from people that'll listen and maybe you'll hear more of the complaining about apex than henry and i did if that's something that floats your boat and there's also people that'll bring that same positivity that we do to the scene so it's a spectrum i think you'll find something that works for you yeah there's more and more options out there than when we started so i think definitely go try a few in terms of recommendations the one i'm most excited about is fallout's uh show i think now he actually has he started another one uh, just on his own. Um, so I'm kind of interested. Like that guy is great caster, well connected in the esports scene. Um, 
good production quality as well, which is important to me. Um, but yeah, like you said, Shay, the truth is there's not really a show like ours. We took a very unique stance that we wanted to provide a lot of value, educational. So we did a lot of numbers, we did a lot of strategy, we did a lot of you know, in-depth breakdowns, and we didn't have a lot of content about our recent gameplay stories, uh, definitely complaints. We ignored that for the most part. So I, I don't have a great like, oh, here's, here's guys a, that are doing it like us kind of thing. Uh, really similar. Yeah. yeah. And that's good. But it's also not the best answer. So sorry about yeah, that. The, Nothing I can do. Yeah, It's the truth. Uh, maybe someone else will come up uh, and Hope start so. a new show as well. So you never know. Uh, YCK, question from Spotify. Sad to see you guys go. You're my favorite podcast. Good luck going forward. Quick question. What's your stance on the future of Apex Esports? Optimistic, neutral, pessimistic, exiled, Dalmatian? Cheers. Uh, something. Okay. Chaos at the end of yep, that. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? Um, <sighs> Esports as a whole I, um, is such a fascinating conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. I, my honest response is probably neutral. I felt like we've always had a decent amount of skepticism about just the battle royale as an esport because there's so much RNG. Um, it's hard to perform consistently, and that makes it difficult for, you know, teams to get invested yeah. in brands to come in and, you know, really have a long term life cycle. Um, but I will say that it's neutral because I think Apex is going to continue to thrive for years to come. And there's plenty of time for new innovations, new teams, new leagues mm -hmm. uh, to come up. So I'm, I'm kind of neutral, but yeah. that's my piece. I'll, I'll go neutral as well for the same, very similar reasons to you, but I'm with, right there. Pessimistic as a heck about just battle royales as an esport. It's a tough spot to be a team in but it's also just a really tough spot to be a fan of it's hard to watch a battle royale esport uh it's not always very exciting to be totally truthful about it and i think that's a problem for them and they do a great job i enjoy watching apex esports sometimes but it's not like i'm watching all the lead-ups to the champs tournaments I think the thing apex is going for it like you said longevity of the game really strong grassroots foundation in terms of being able to have these teams that are unsigned come up and break into you know major tournaments i think that's very healthy for the game i am i can't say i'm optimistic though just from the fact that i think the game mode itself doesn't breed a very attractive esports scene but I'm happy to be wrong. Like Fortnite and COD, <laughs> I hate like to say it. like Fortnite. Fortnite has a good esports scene. COD has up and down. Warzone's up and down on the esports side of things. Just my personal opinion is I don't enjoy watching those as much as I do the Call of Duty League. Call of Duty League is not doing well though from an esports side. Uh, also, so it's it's not like it's the most prosperous uh, land. I feel like overall, um, but who knows? Apex has ten years, you know, ten more plus years, hopefully, and. We've always thought esports of Apex will expand. We thought arenas was going to be a chance for a new esports scene to rise up. Uh, and, and maybe we will see something like that in the future. A lot will change. A lot's already changed with the game since we first started. Yeah. 
Did I read the last one or did you? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, you read the last one. I got this Perfect. one. Next one's coming from Scuba Steve. Skeeve. So first, I want to say that Apex is my first shooter that I've ever played, and this podcast helped me fall in love with Apex even more. Been a day one player, but only found your podcast till about a year ago, and I wish I found it sooner. First question. What about Apex to you guys makes it stand out above the rest to becoming your favorite game? And second question, what made you guys end the podcast now as it has the game as the game has the highest player counts it has ever gotten? Thanks. That's all. Thanks for all you've done for the Apex community and hope for nothing but success for you two in the future. Appreciate it. Appreciate the kind words. Truth is, player counts never correlated to listenership. So popularity of the game hasn't really changed our community individually, which doesn't really have much impact. We talked about it at the top of the show, uh, the reasons for not doing the podcast. But in terms of Apex standing above the rest, for me, it's simply come down to the foundation of the game from a gunplay perspective. I think the guns are the best out there. I think that it is incredibly balanced playing field that everybody has the same chance to win when they load in for the first time. There's no loadouts, none of that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I think lore, characters, legends, Apex kind of just has hit it out of the park in terms of the foundation for the game. You can have your opinions about where the game's gone since then and where the game is looking to go. Uh, but I think the team has continued to innovate and the team will continue to innovate moving forward. And that's why I'm optimistic. But gunplay is the core of Apex and gunplay is the core of why I enjoy the game. Yeah, they do a lot right. And it's impressive. I think it's also important for us to mention that Titanfall 2 was one of our most successful first shooters. Um, and so we kind of have a bias of this world, but yeah, the the gunplay, the movement, the maps, the legends, Apex doesn't really miss on uh, on just being well rounded as a game. Totally. Next question is from In for Questioning Henry and Shay. As someone who's been around since the near beginning of this show and community, nearly twelve seasons ago, as a matter of fact, it is without a doubt sad to see the show come to an end. Everything from becoming your first ever patron to building upon friendships with the both of you, even working on your TikTok for a time, it has been one of the most memorable things I've been a part of for a while. Particularly during the dire era of COVID, when I first searched up Apex Legends on Apple Podcasts whilst in desperate need of tips for getting more Ws all these years ago, I can tell you I never foresaw how much of an incredible experience it would bring me. You both are absolute legends. I am sure that I am not the only one I'm speaking for when I say all of this. Much love. Peace out, all of you. Lastly, for this message to be categorized as a question, what would you say has been the most memorable memorable part of the show for each of you? Whether that be the hosted tournaments, live Zoom calls, the episodes themselves, anything at all. Thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words. Definitely has been a a two-way street. Everybody in the community just building relationships and an earlier supporter. like Matt here, definitely means a lot to us, and it's been a pleasure uh, being a part of this community. Um, most memorable part? <sighs> what a good question. Um, <laughs> it's a hard question, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, narrowing it down to one thing. It's hard to beat being a part of the EA Creator Network, honestly. You know, being able to 
get access to content early, talk with devs, um, is a pretty high point. You know, there's been a lot of good episodes, a lot of fun interviews, a lot of good community events. Um, but that's a pretty high achievement that won't forget. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good one. I'll say the cheesy answer, and it's true, is the community that we have created since the beginning of this and the friends that I've made along the way since then because of this podcast and because of this Apex incredible community. So, yeah, it's true. It's you know why we don't plan on shutting down the Discord anytime soon because we love all y'all and it's great to chat with you in there. And it's meant a lot to have you be a part of this from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Next question coming from Goomba. If you could play only one legend and use any two guns on any one map forever, which would you choose? Oh, forever. Um, forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, I kind of want to say like something odd, like a, like say a shotgun or a wingman, so I can just like become amazing at it but i don't even know if i can do that even if i became amazing at it so i would say pathfinder r400 world's edge that would be my answer what about you gibraltar g7 r301 kings i knew you were gonna say kings i was i was thinking about this traditional it's It's fair i gotta respect the man of culture uh, next question comes from Noidage, Noidage on Discord. Hey, I've listened to the pod since I was a 2K kill Horizon main. I am now a 12 kill Horizon and have grown tired of playing her and I found Gibraltar extremely fun and invaluable to the team. But one question has kept me up at night for years. Why do we not have a Mastering the Legends Gibraltar? We all know Henry is a cracked, goaded Gibby and that his advice would be extremely thorough and helpful. I have thoughts about this and realized there are two answers as to why we may not have this episode. One, the guide is so good that you guys can't give it away or for free, and I need to become a patron to unlock such knowledge. Or two, my personal theory, the entire pod is just masquerading as a podcast when it has, in fact, all been one Mastering the Legends Gibby episode. And on the final episode of the pod, Henry will say, and that's how you master Gibraltar. Edit. I found out this is the last episode. It's been a great pod. Very helpful. Unfortunately, I'll never master Gibby now. Was that the end game, Henry? Is, is this now the Gibraltar mastering complete? <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really great comment and question. I love Gibraltar. Played hours and hours and hours. Um, close to 3,000 hours combined on uh, Apex in general, which is kind of crazy. Recently looked at that. Um, so we did feature Gibraltar in a Mastering the Legends in the first ever mastering the legends and this was a duo of gibraltar and caustic in Mm -hmm. one episode and reality is gibraltar has been tweaked a little bit uh with the healing under the dome and with the cooldown on the ultimate but everything else is pretty much the same um i believe yeah even the gun shield health was where it was at today all the way back then in season five um so, yeah, not a lot has changed from that. Um, I think I've tried my best to sprinkle in a lot of good tips and tricks about Gibraltar through mm-hmm. our passives episodes and you know playing strategically. And, yeah, got nothing but love for Gibraltar. Sorry if uh, you're disappointed. But <laughs> I, w- I would maybe go back and listen to that first Mastering the Legends and say if 
we really missed. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Fair enough. Next one coming from Cole. Hey guys, I've been listening since the first year the pod started and I've enjoyed every episode. Many others have said it, but your positivity towards the game is very grounding and listening to the pod always gets me excited to hop back on. Around season eight, I left a five-star review and asked what badges you've earned you were most proud of. No, y'all have hit masters and have gotten at least one 4K damage game since then. So I'd like to ask you, what's your proudest achievement in Apex now? You do have come a long way in Apex, the podcast, and as many people, I wish you the best of luck. Man, proudest achievement in Apex. <sighs> That's a tough question, honestly. I think I'll I'll probably rock with the Masters. I think hitting Masters has probably the been the best moment of playing Apex was how fast we did it as well when we like fully set our mind to finally try and just grind it out and hit Masters. Uh, was really awesome. So, yeah, I'll go with that as gameplay. Proudest achievement. Yeah, same here. Um, I think that nothing else really comes close to that. I think that there's still a lot to learn, which mm-hmm. is fun. I think we've stayed pretty addicted to Apex over the last over four years since the game released because we're always improving mm-hmm. and there's always things that. We could get a, another 4K. We could get, you know, better at a one legend or weapon. Um, so I'm excited to keep playing mm-hmm. and yeah, excited for the next badge, <laughs> some sort of achievement. Yeah. Weapon Always mastery. Pushing. That'll be the next proud one, probably. It's, it's going to be awesome. Huge for me. Saturn asked a question. Hey, boys, it's been a stellar three years of listening to you guys from the information given to help me improve for being the very first third-party invitational winner with my two best teammates, Bass Noir and Notoire. And I will always remember that we went down in pod this podcast history. I do just do have a few questions for you guys before you send off. Firstly, what other podcasts do you recommend uh, based on Apex and just your personal favorite podcast to listen to? Secondly, when you're, when cross progression comes to Apex, what do you think the, will you be more PC oriented or will you keep playing back and forth between PC and console? Lastly, if you guys for some reason make the decision to come back to the podcast or decide to make a completely different one, would it be possible to have more guests on the show? For example, fans or more well-known people. I can't thank you guys enough for all the content. Keep me entertained during the past three years. Hopefully, we can pick up Apex games together if you guys do continue to play. Hope your futures are filled with success. Thank you. Thank you, Saturn. Thank you. A couple Means questions. a lot. Yeah. Um, so, Cross, well, I guess we talked a little bit about some podcasts. Yeah. Personal um, favorite. But though. outside of yeah. Apex. Yeah. Um, for me right now, I'm listening to a handful. Um, really liking the Bad Friends podcast for comedy. And then for the creator economy, Colin and Samir uh, are really good. They have great interviews, good content, and they definitely remind me of Shay and I <laughs> uh, with their dynamic. So that's what I'm listening to. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I listen to a ton of pods. Like I, I have so many Lakers podcasts to listen to. Shout out Laker Film Room. That's probably my favorite. Um, Lakers Exceptionals and Podcast. Great. Um, but besides that, though, like fantasy football is one of my other big hobbies. And the fantasy football is with Jason, Mike, and uh, Andy are one of my favorite. And they also host a comedy show called The Spitballers. They were a huge part of the inspiration for starting this first podcast and you know how we kind of broke up segments and 
decided to dive into the depths of being very analytical uh, with our commentary on the game. And so, yeah, shout out. If you're a fantasy football person, I'm sure you've heard of them and you're a podcast fan. But if not, definitely listen to fantasy footballers for sure. Uh, when cross promotion yeah. happens, it's not gonna. Um, <laughs> fully don't believe that will happen ever. Um, there's just no incentive for a EA to do it. Yeah. None. Um, it would be a, a loss for them financially, and time has just gone so many years past when it could ever happen. Yeah. So I don't think it would happen. But if it did mm-hmm. in an alternate timeline, would not go back to console. Uh, the frames. Yeah. The performance is just not it, even on the next gen. So we would need a lot of help in order to get me back on the couch playing Apex <laughs> consistently. Ditto. Um, other podcasts, guest-oriented. Who knows what the future holds? Maybe. I, I know we've both floated guest-based shows to each other before in the past as ideas. So you know, if that ever spins up, you guys will be the first to know. Guest-based shows are very difficult yeah. logistically. Um, and one thing that I think we learned through not only this show, but other shows we produced is that guests do not grow your show as you think they yep. might, you know, you think, Oh, if we get big influencer, we get, you know, an athlete on the show, that's going to blow us up. Just not true. We've kind of seen it happen multiple times in different categories and it's very hard to convert not only a guest to invite their audience or their friends to listen to it, but then to get them to stick around, extremely difficult. So I would say that it's hard. I don't know. I won't say never, but I'll just say that there's a reason that we didn't focus on guests as much as other shows. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'll say like you hinted at it, but I'll just give people if they want to know. I produced a show called Co-op Mode Communications uh, in which interviewed people in the game industry uh, about their lives, their work, and all the kind of fun stuff. It is a time commitment to prep for each guest, schedule everything out, work through schedules, work through cancellations and reschedules as well, and keep content coming continuously. Uh, so it is definitely a challenge. It's fulfilling. Like There's some really cool conversations and content that come from those shows. Uh, but it, there's a huge reason why Henry and I were able to be consistent for three years. And that was because we were able to count on each other outside of, you know, being under the weather sick, like that he, we and I were going to be here every Tuesday to sit down and record. Like that was kind of the end game and it yeah. was easy because of the it. The co-host is the best. Yeah. That's, that's the hack to building up good content, consistent content. Mm-hmm. We even produced shows where we had paid guests, where we paid influencers to come on a show and still extremely slow growing in terms of the consistent audience. Totally. Um, so yeah. Well said. <laughs> Next question coming from Rocket. Hey guys, my question for the final mailbag is what to do when I'm getting back into ranked with my friends after just playing pub games and mixtape for a while when the new season starts? He's always been a real fast-paced player, using mostly movement legends and getting into close-range fights whenever he can, but I'm a crypto main who takes the game a bit slower and at a medium range. Should I switch my play style slash legend to something more suited to fit him, or should I stay with what I'm comfortable doing? Thanks for everything, guys. Wishing you all the best. Oh, Rocket. It's a tough situation when you and your friends have different play styles, and it's hard to gel correctly. 
Um, I will just be brutally honest, though, with the way ranked is now set up, specifically now more than ever, where top 10 placement is important and is the only way to truly guarantee yourself that you're positive. You need to play slower and play for that placement and not play as aggressive. So I would just sit your buddy down, walk him through the scoring system and say, hey, let's just play very, very much more my play style until we get to 10th. And then I guess you can go run off and die if you want to. That's the diplomatic solution I'll come up with. But you got to be patient. You got to be more strategic. You got to play for power positions. You got to play for buildings. It's a slower based gameplay and ranked. It is a hard adjustment from pubs, but you just kind of have to flip that switch and and realize that winning is the most important thing, not winning by killing everybody in the lobby. Yeah. And in that same vein, ranked is about consistency. And crypto, not a consistent legend. Very hard. Like my heart goes out to you as a crypto main. Um, I don't think you. I'm going to recommend you switch it up and learn a completely new legend, but in the context of playing ranked, crypto is in the upper echelon of difficult legends to consistently place high with. So my heart goes out to you, but I think like Shay said, playing strategically is way more rewarded than kills in the current iteration of totally nice question coming from jack coburn discord hey guys i've listened since the beginning of the pod and i just gotta say when i heard the news about you guys ending the podcast i almost started crying and i am a dude who doesn't cry but i don't see you guys ending the podcast as a bad thing i see you guys becoming successful and whatever you do as you know whatever you guys do in the future you have tons of loving caring and supporting fans falling behind you cheering for you along the way my question is that I would like to mention you guys ending your podcast. And my question is that I would like to mention with you guys ending your podcast and podcast, Squadcast, Apex Legends podcast. And I just want to say how much of an inspiration you guys were to my podcast. So do I have permission to mention you guys in the pod? Thank you guys for the amazing journey. And I really appreciate all of you guys have done and your fans will support you and whatever you do. Have a fun final episode. Thanks. Jack, it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much, Jack. Best of luck uh, in everything that you do, and I've appreciated you being a part of our community. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, feel free. You can mention whatever you want about the third-party show. And uh, I mean, we still enjoy podcasting, and we still enjoy Apex Legends. So if you want a guest down the line, hit us up. I'm sure one of us or both of us will could find a time to, to slide on and, and talk about Apex if you'd like. So, yeah. We still got the microphones. Still do. Not getting so. rid of those anytime soon. <laughs> Next, coming from Bleg. Hey, guys. I've been listening to the pod for about a year, and it quickly became one of my staples. I'm really sad to see it end. My question is, with Ballistics Passive, do you think it's better to carry an attachment-hungry gun for the gold version of the gun with its ultimate or a gun that doesn't need attachments since it looks like it won't be able to have attachments? I'm really going to miss this show. Best of luck to you both. Yeah, thanks for the question, Bleg. I think, like we talked about earlier, I think we lean on that, you know, high attachments, you know? Havoc, Devo. It makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of a thought process behind weapons that don't need attachments. Those, well, it used to be the L-Star was kind of a good yeah. example. Wingman, charge rifle, decent examples. But the reality is just how the ultimate works. You want that gun that is very aggressive, close range. So if you like the wingman or the charge rifle, 
best to have them in that secondary yeah. slot, honestly, and throw an optic on them. So, yeah, good question. Totally. Next question coming from Pixel Haven. What's up, guys? I've been in the fan of the podcast for about two years now. I end up being my top podcast in my 2022 Spotify wrapped. We'll really miss listening to you guys during work and we'll be so sad to see it go. I have two questions if that's okay. I've been a Valk main ever since she released during season nine and I've always found myself going back to her because her ult is so powerful. With the introduction of the Evac Tower, though, I feel like it is going to make a lot of the advantages that her ultimate offers. With this in mind, how viable do you think she'll be moving forward? Also, what's the name of the song that you guys use to make the podcast intro? I know we talked about Valk already earlier in the show, so we can focus more on our on the music. Do you remember the name of the song? Because I sure as heck don't. Um, <laughs> my gut wants to say it's called Cushy. Okay. Don't know. Epidemic don't sound, know. I think. It was, but it's a yeah. banger. Absolute banger. Um, yeah, we, we mixed that song by ourselves yeah. and pulled the, the voice lines in and it's really that was fun. A good, that was a good little two days is pretty much what it took. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think the evac tower is a direct affront to Valk, but Shay thinks there's still a reason to play her. I think she's still good, but it, it's a direct nerf. So we'll see moving forward in the long term. What I kind of feel a little bit icky about it is because she's in the middle of the pack, you know? Like, how about we drop a survival item that's a zip line? You know, like it just seems unnecessary to come after such a unique legend and ability who is not dominating and whose ability isn't even unfair, you know? So I don't know. Utility wise. Whatever. It's a weird decision. It is what it is. That's for sure. I will. I disagree with it for the record. <laughs> On the record, I love it. Next one coming from Immort at Lint. Hey, third party, if you could have three different abilities, passive, tactical, and ultimate, to help you in your everyday lives, what could they be and why? They can be from different levels. They're legends, I think is what it's meant. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Different yeah, legends. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. For everyday life, um, I think just right off the bat, Lifeline's tactical. Um, big, time. big time. That would be great. Could be a very helpful human being. I'm struggling with the ultimate. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm really struggling to think of. Because in the passive, I think I would just take the jetpack, if I'm being honest and a little selfish, unless we want to get cute and say, like, I can do something else to get some, like, octane regen stuff that'd be great wolverine style i i could mess with that for sure but a jetpack would be pretty fun <laughs> yeah jetpack's nice um i know you were looking for some excuse to get gibraltar in there yeah i would love it it's not very applicable in everyday life <laughs> gun shield is not really my lifestyle <laughs> um i don't know weirdly enough as ironic as it is being able to pop a portal <laughs> is pretty nice, you know. So Wraith, I can get behind that. Um, the passive for Wraith also in real life would probably be pretty good. Could that be. could be. I yeah, mean, could driving be. on the road, someone's about to swerve, break. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Everyday life, I don't think these legends use their abilities in everyday life. So 
a hard question. Uh, uh, very true. Very. I would choose to be Jabril. <laughs> or Rampart. She's a big inspiration. Uh, Young entrepreneur. <laughs> She's a badass. I messed with it. Fair enough. Uh, next question coming from Pete. Hey guys, maybe I'm the only one who I, but I don't feel like we got a why. Last episode to the big question of why is the show ending? You talked a lot about what the show's done for you, but I'm curious why now was the time to leave when it seemed like just recently you were looking long into the future of Apex. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, Pete, like this has nothing to do with the future of Apex. Like we talked about the top of the show for in terms of reasoning for ending the show. It doesn't have to do with our desire and love for podcasting and talking to each other and the community and the game itself. Um, you know, we're still going to keep playing Apex and all that. It's just you now, now was now was the right time for many other reasons. Yep, sad to see it ending. Next question coming from Zeitst. Hey guys, longtime listener here. I've been pretty hyper fixated on Apex for a few years now, and your content has helped me through some really tough times. Hope both of you find plenty of success in the future and whatever you do. On to the question. There's a lot of talk about how great Apex is designed. So I'd be curious to know what your favorite weapon and legend is and why. Much love. Question was what your least favorite weapon and legend is and why. What did I say? You just said favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We could do both. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, From a design design perspective, though, um, Hmm. it's tough. I think. Least favorite weapons, the one I'm struggling with because I actually don't hate the idea of the charge rifle, but I have not liked it in practice in the game. I don't know if that's like a cheat if I can say that, but I'll probably say the charge rifle is probably one of the more annoying weapons now in the game. I don't do you have a does something come to mind immediately for you for on the weapon or legend side from a design standpoint? You're not gonna like it, but. The bow doesn't make sense from a design standpoint. It works in the care package. Love Mm -hmm. it. And honestly, I want it back on the ground. But just, it don't make sense having a dedicated ammo type for a single weapon in the game. And even if they were to make some rapid fire crossbow, that just seems silly. So from a design standpoint, I think it's probably the least favorite for me. And and you know how much I Um, always wanted it to be tied to a legend. In part because of that, yeah. like I thought a bow yeah, and arrow legend would have made a ton yeah. more sense. Um, so, yeah, definitely should have been. I got mine. Um, I'll say for the legend side of thing, I I yeah. wanna I wanna throw the shade at Rev because I think Rev is a great example of a design that just didn't work out. But I and I love this legend, but crypto it, it pains me to say it just doesn't fit to me into the grand scheme of Apex where you. Yeah. You can't you can't help your team for large portions of the game if you're using your abilities. And I think that's such a double-edged sword. And it's just the hardest legend to play as a random. It's so hard to play with a team. I just think that it's a it's a it was a tough decision from a design perspective. I still like him though. Like Revenant, I don't play and I don't really enjoy. But crypto is just, I think, so extremely different than everything else that it, it was tough. What about you though? Yeah. I get that. Race. Crypto's does like, yeah, I want to. <laughs> the aesthetic of crypto is so oh, cool totally. too, so yeah. it's kind of sad. Um, mine is, regardless of the gameplay or the character model, but I, least favorite, Mad Maggie, you shouldn't have a convicted terrorist in the game. That's not you just game shouldn't. design. That's 
Sure. Bad That's character right. design. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> like it at all. Well, then I don't like her. <laughs> so she's bottom, regardless of the reason. I just don't like her. Fair Sorry. enough. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Next. Great question. Next question is coming from Epicist from Discord. Will miss the show. Ever think you guys will start a YouTube channel in the future? Another question. What is your opinion on prestige skins in the game? Do you think it's a waste of time? Or do you think every legend should get one? Love the pod. We'll miss it greatly. I know you've always wanted to start a YouTube channel for a really long time. Fun fact, if you didn't know that, Henry wanted to be a YouTuber there for a bit. Uh, spinning that up yeah. anytime soon? We've started multiple YouTube channels in our mm -hmm. history. Um, YouTube is the place to be. I don't know if you would call it the end game, but it is you know, the pinnacle of content creation. Um, we'll see. You know, Right now, there's not the, the real drive or motivation or an easy avenue, um, but... I wouldn't say never. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm not starting a YouTube channel. And only the reason I'd start a YouTube channel would be if you know I had another pod spun up and we wanted to do video or something like that. But I've never struck myself as one that can successfully... I don't like video editing enough, to be totally fair, to be a YouTuber. like it, It's hard. really hard to do, and it's a, it's a time suck. Uh, prestige skins, though. Um, I hate prestige skins as heirloom skins. I hate that an heirloom is valued the same as a prestige skin. With that being said, skins themselves, I think are cool. I would love for each legend to have one. I just don't like that equated value to an heirloom myself. Um, that's my honest opinion on them. Yeah. <laughs> some are good, some are bad. You know, totally. I think this, it's tough. Not the biggest fan of them either. I haven't purchased mm -hmm. any. And that's because Won't. I love so many Sorry. other skins as well. An heirloom, there's no yeah. alternative to an heirloom. Like you can buy a prestige skin and still, like, one of the best things about Apex is showing off your season one recolor that you got for Bloodhound to race. So, why do you have to lose something else by spending your shards on that? So, that's kind of where I come back yeah. to with that. So, yeah. Next one coming from Blue Sky. Your content will leave a Nessie-sized hole in my heart. My 45-minute commutes will never be the same. Question. Henry and Shay, if you two were hired as the lead designers for the next Titanfall slash Apex Legends video game, what would you create? Doesn't have to be a BR or any defined genre. You guys are the true legends, and I wish you luck in whatever projects or goals you choose to pursue. Peace. Oh, man. Um... Wow, this is a fun question. I, I, To be totally frank, I would love to make a Call of Duty, but Titanfall, essentially, where you have a BR, a multiplayer mode, and a killer campaign. All three wrapped up in under one umbrella, but with Titanfall-based movement, Titanfall Apex lore, um, which is cheating by saying I want to do like all three essentially, but that would be my dream would be to kind of get like that copy of pace of like, you have all these different game style modes, but the Titanfall core mechanics essentially at, at the baseline. Yeah. It's hard to, to top that being, you know, coming out with the next Titanfall three that is bigger and better yeah. than two. Um, if I were to go outside of the shooter genre, I would probably, you know, 
do some sort of real-time strategy oh, game. That's, that's another genre shot, yeah. I like. So, you know, Supreme Commander 3 is a, a game that I'd love to see and love to be a part of. Um, but also City Builder is really fun. Mano, Series, SimCity, Rollercoaster Tycoon. Those are games that definitely have inspired me over the years. So, yeah. Good, fun oh, question. Good. Next question, coming from Mirage Main for Life. Coming on Discord. Hey guys, I'm enjoying your show since season 10. My question is, do you guys have any ideas to buff Revenant? He has a great tactical and a cool passive, but the ultimate is really useless since it's nerf. My idea is to expand the time and remove the blending effect after the respawn. Another buff idea is when you use the totem, you turn into a shadow, 50 health, wall run faster, no weapons. Love you guys. Rev. How to fix Rev, Henry. The age-old question. Yeah. Really curious. Um, we've talked about wall running before early in, I feel like in the, in the podcast days, um, it isn't as powerful as it might Mm -hmm. seem just because the map design isn't really tailored to it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm with Mirage main for life, by the way, like I, I would not describe the tactical as great. Personally, but I don't think it's the worst part of the kit, despite not getting you know the feedback from it as a player. If there's a way to incorporate that, I think that would be great. But I enjoy the rev passive. I I think the ult is is the core kind of problem uh, to an extent, and I personally would go about making it more similar to ballistic. You activate it, and you and your team reap benefits around you. Um, you know, I think. Wall running is not exciting, but sure, throw it in there per se. But being faster, stronger melee kind of thing, like I, I think there's something fun there per se, without having to go through the whole live die repeat kind of thing. Yeah, I would just do a top down. That's fair restart, as well. Restart, yeah. you know, and just the idea. Revenant started off underpowered, completely useless was able to be tweaked into a place where it was exploited and didn't feel good from a, a gameplay perspective, and now he is uh, irrelevant yeah. to the game. So, yeah, I think you kind of got to go back to the drawing board uh, from top to bottom, including the tactical. As sad as it is, I don't think the whole thing is really enough um, to make it viable. Yeah. So, Good question. Something needs to be done. Agreed. Um, we don't have the answer, I don't think. We've talked a lot about it. There are some really good ideas out there, but it's, sadly, it's also not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it is like if you're holding out hope that there's going to be a great rework for Revenant's Ultimate or Tattoo or anything, I don't mm-hmm. see it. I used to believe, I don't see Fair it. Enough. Next question coming from Vainy Villain. What's good, you guys? I have to admit, I'm saddened about the end of the pod. It's been real. Not only have I learned a lot, but you guys have helped me get through some long days at work. Growing up, my go-to FPS was always COD until Apex came out. I'm a day one player and have never looked back. My question is, do you think that it'd be fun? Do you think it would be a fun LTM to have Season Zero Royale? It would just be regular pubs as if was back before season one original king's map the original eight legends and weapons i feel like most people would definitely hate it but do you guys think or should i get my head out of the clouds lol thank you for all the good times 
Peace. Oh man, I, I don't know if people would hate it. Honestly, it's an LTM. It's limited. It would go away. I think this would get a lot of people excited and nostalgic for Apex, and it'd be fun for the community for new players to see what exactly was the wingman like when it was you know busted, busted early on kind of thing. Uh, it, it'd be fun to throw everything back to to day one. Very nostalgic. You know, we've seen. Seen games like Fortnite do this kind of thing uh, before and, and have success with the community. So I'd love something like this in an LTM fashion. Yeah, um, I second that. I love it. I would also want to take it a step further and just say, like, not only original eight legends, but like original state, you know? Yeah, so really yeah, show totally. How it's come all the way. Um, I think it'd be positive for the game because the truth is. Right now we have nostalgia. The game is so much yeah, people better. People don't appreciate than it, was it then. totally. So I think I think that would really be highlighted. I would enjoy it, but it would also I think give an appreciation for wow, how far we've come. Yeah, totally. Lifeline's actually better yeah. now than she was yeah. then. When people think, "Oh, fast heal, yeah. feel good," you know. So I would welcome it. Agreed. Uh, next question come from Zach Attack on Discord. Hey guys, wanted to say that I left Apex a while ago, but still listen to you guys. Just wanted to say, what is your favorite legend over the years? Well, Henry, tee it up for you. Yeah, Gibraltar, till I die. It's just so so strong, so fun to play to me. Um, yeah, hard to shake in that favorite. Yeah, I've, I've always had the 1A, 1B of Pathfinder and Mirage. Those two have always been my favorite, just from lore and gameplay. But gameplay trumps also. Pathfinder has kind of just been the favorite over the years. A lot of great legends, though, uh, that have come in since then and made a splash and been a joy. Oh, man. Last question, Henry. Rip it off. Last question coming from Trevor. Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time question asker. If you could add more interactions between two legends in the game, which two would you pick and why? Personally, I would love to see more fleshed-out voice lines between Rev and Mirage. If for no other reason, then who doesn't love Terrified Mirage? On a side note, going to miss the pod so much, it's been it's hard to even express how much of a staple third-party podcast has been for me every week. Since I started listening back in early 2021, you all have added to my enjoyment of Apex exponentially, and I wouldn't have half my knowledge about the game without having listened to deep dives over the years. Best of luck to you both in your future endeavors, and keep on rocking in the Outlands. Trevor, thank you for the kind words. Very poetic for the your first question to be our last uh, that we'll be answering. Um, Man, 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 man. Legends, I'd like to see interact together more. Um, it's kind of a fun question because it's like, a, you know, obviously it's in-game voice lines, but also just like whose lore would you want expanded on? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good relationships uh, in the games. I got like a list of legends I'm looking up right now. Um, you know, Rev plus a lot. Is uh is something I keep coming back to because he has such root rooted relationships with many people here. Um, I'll I'll pick some of my favorites honestly. If I'm gonna give a if I'm gonna give a final answer, I would say a duo that there isn't a lot of lore around, and it would be fun to see how the two of them would get along. Would be Mirage and Loba, two of my favorite legends. I think that'd be a fun. Fun combo, fun duo. 
uh, with Loba making a bunch of fun of Mirage. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more voice lines between Rampart and Watson. I think they're kind of similar, mm. young, engineery scientists that also have similar play styles. So I think there's some fun potential there, and I, I really like both of them as well. Um, I'm also really looking forward to more interactions between Ballistic and Gibraltar. Um, on day one, I was able to hear one that was Gibraltar saying how great it was to meet an original Domer. Mm. Um, and I just think that that's pretty cool because I like Gibraltar and his backstory is very intertwined uh, with ballistics. So good question. Oh, man. And that wraps up the mailbag. And in turn, that wraps up the podcast. Henry, I'll throw it to you for a second. Any final words for the third partiers out there that have been listening forever? Thanks for being with us on this journey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, learned so much, had so much fun. It's been so amazing to be able to create something around our passion. Mm -hmm. And I think to leave it on something simple, keep on third partying. You know, that's what this show's yeah, all about. Well said. Well said. Uh, we're we're going to miss all of y'all on doing the pod every week. Um, still love an apex. Still hope to stay in touch with a lot of you in the Discord and on Twitter uh, if you guys want to talk Apex or anything else. But forever grateful for what you guys did for our lives, honestly. And you guys listening allowed us to be where we are right now. And that may not sound true, but that is the truth. And we're, it's very serious. And it means a ton. You've been an amazing community uh, for a long time now. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. <laughs>